Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. We were in chapter 14 for quite a while, and... uh it looks like uh, we'll be in chapter 15 for quite a while. And because uh, there's a lot here that we absolutely need to talk about. And even as I was preparing for this uh, teaching, I would even challenge you to kind of go out there, you know, see what you find in terms of a sermon, an in depth, use that word, an in depth sermon on chapter 15 of John, you probably won't find it. It's very, very difficult to find because it seems to me that preachers uh, seem to skip right over uh, this chapter with just a few passing comments. And as I read this chapter and as you read this chapter, you're going to see that this chapter is critical. Uh, this, This chapter is Christianity 101. Get your pen, get your pad. This chapter is Christianity 101. You need to know this stuff here. As many people will use this chapter to tell you that you can lose your salvation. Uh, Let me just say this right out the gate. I do not believe that one can lose their salvation. I don't believe I should get more than two people to say amen. Not unless you lost your salvation. I'm going to say that again because y'all will sleep. I do not believe, I'm trying to say it just like I said before, I do not believe that one can lose their salvation. Amen. Amen. Because one, you didn't do anything to get it. Jesus died for us. Is that right? And purchased for us our salvation. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it's the gift of God, lest anyone should boast. But there are people who will take you to chapter 15 and tell you, like they'll point out verse, uh, look at chapter 15 and verse 6. They'll point out a verse like verse 6, and again, they, they kind of, this is called isogesis. Isogesis when they take a text and isolate it. They just take it and pull it out and they isolate it. Exegesis is when you read the text in its context. This is isogesis, and they'll say, oh, well, look at verse 6. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. And so they'll say that refers to the Christian who loses their salvation, and God throws them out, and God burns them up. I do not believe, and I will show you in Scripture, that God will never cast you away if you come to him. If you are in his hands, he'll never cast you away. This chapter is not about eternal security. Uh, As a matter of fact, I'll tell you something. This chapter is actually about abiding in Christ. Write that down. Would you do that? The chapter is about abiding in Christ. Now, let's set up the context here. Chapter 14, 
Uh, just by show of hands, who was with me in chapter 14? Chapter 14. Oh, that's, that's most of you then. You know that chapter 14, Jesus and his disciples are in the upper room, and Jesus is telling them that he's leaving and that he's going to the Father, and he's going to be beaten and mocked and crucified. And look at verse 30 of chapter 14 and verse 31. Jesus said, I'm not going to talk anymore. Conversation over. I will no longer talk much with you. Look at verse 31. Look at the last six verses of verse 31. He says, arise and let us go from here. Let us go from here. Now, when Jesus says, look at me, saints. When Jesus says, arise, let us go from here, scholars are not sure if at that point Jesus leaves the upper room And he would then, he and his disciples would then walk through the temple precincts. And while they're walking, then then Jesus would be talking, I am the vine, you are the branches, John chapter 15, as they're walking, as they're talking. And so they walk through the temple precincts. And then if you move forward to chapter 18, verse 1, it tells us he gets around to the east gate over the Kidron Valley And then he heads into the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Some believe that he arrives and let us go means that he leaves from here through the temple precincts over the Kidron Valley into the Garden of Gethsemane where he would be arrested and then taken and let the kangaroo courts begin. Some believe that. And then some will tell you and they'll tell you that it's possible that Jesus stays in the upper room, and he continues the conversation there. Listen, nobody really knows uh, for certain whether Jesus leaves the the upper room at this point and preaches the sermon as he is walking into John. Because you understand a chapter and verse is just there for easy read, that that's not inspired by the Holy Spirit. John's gospel is one contiguous letter. Chapter and verse is put there for our easy read. So did Jesus get up and start walking and talking or did Jesus stay in the upper room and begin this discourse? I am the vine, you are the branches. Scholars are not concerned uh, or not sure. Um, I believe, listen, arise, look at verse 31, arise and let us get up and go from here. Um, I believe that in the Greek language that means arise and let us get up and go from here. Now, I'm not a scholar, but I don't know. I just think that it means arise, let's get up and roll. Amen. It's as simple as that. So I believe that Jesus is walking and they're talking and they're headed toward the Garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus sees a vineyard of grapes and he begins to teach this awesome practical sermon on abiding in the true vine. It's a very important spiritual truth, saints, here in this chapter. You need to listen up. I've titled this sermon, The True Vine and the Branches. John chapter 15, let's get to it. John chapter 15, I want you to look at verse 1. If you're looking at verse 1, say amen. Amen. I am the vine, Jesus says, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, what does he do, saints? He takes it away. And every branch that bears fruit, he does what? He prunes that it may do what? Bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word, circle that, because of the word which I have spoken to you. 
Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can't do most things. Ah, nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, in verse 6, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Saying, stop right there, give me your attention again. Jesus and the disciples have left the upper room. And they're headed to the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is walking. Now get this scene. Get this scene in your mind's eye. Jesus is walking and he sees a grapevine. And he grabs one of the clusters of the grapes. And Jesus uses those grapes as like a PowerPoint illustration. He says, hey, fellas, you see these grapes? They're like, yeah, yeah, of course. I don't know why I get the feeling that disciples were kind of clueless. And I just do. They they just didn't know. They're always, uh, you see these grapes? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I am the vine. You are the branches, Jesus said. Now, again, this chapter is not about eternal security. This chapter is about abiding in Christ. And I hope you've written that down. I want you to note this, that Jesus uses the image of abiding fruit, not the image of seed taking root. Did y'all get that? He uses the image of abiding fruit, not the image of seed taking root. The point in the chapter is not on becoming a Christian. The point of the chapter is becoming a fruit producing Christian or a productive Christian. Look at verse one. Jesus says, I am the true vine. The word true, listen, is pregnant, pregnant with meaning. It means the real. It means the genuine, the perfect vine. It could mean the true in the sense of eternal, heavenly, or divine. Now, you got a pen? I do want you to write down these three next points. The Bible talks about three vines, three vines. The first vine is the vine of ancient Israel, the vine of ancient Israel. The second vine is the vine of the earth. And the third vine is the one right here in our text, the true vine. We have the vine of ancient Israel, the vine of the earth, and the true vine. Now, when Jesus said, I'm the true vine, or the real vine, or the genuine vine, the disciples' ears, listen, they probably perked up because they knew exactly what Jesus was implying because Israel always felt that they were God's vine. Are you listening? They understood that they were the vine of ancient Israel. Psalm 80 Verse 8 through 11, you brought a vine out of Egypt and you drove out the nations and planted it. You cleared the ground for it. It took deep root and filled the land. The mountains were covered with shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and it shoots to the river. Listen, saints, God's people are described as a massive vine planted by God. And God brought them out of Egypt and God planted them in their own land. And the reason God brought them out of Egypt and planted them in their own land was so that they could bear fruit. Now, I'm going to give you a series of verses of which we do not have time to look at 
in the interest of time, I want you to write these down and look at them in your own time. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 21. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 1 through 7. Ezekiel chapter 15, verse 2. Hosea, verse 10. Jeremiah, 2.21. Isaiah, 5.1-7. Ezekiel, 15.2. Hosea, 10. All talk about being Israel, being the ancient vine of Israel. Again, we don't have time to look at it, but let me give you a thumbnail sketch. In the Old Testament, it kind of went like this. God was the root of blessing. The blessing comes through the root and extends to the extremities so that anybody can be blessed if they're grafted into the root of blessing. Israel saw themselves as that root of blessing. And that was no problem because God called them the blessing root. He called them his vine, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Hosea. God was disappointed with Israel because he planted the vine on a fertile hill. And when he looked, instead of bringing good fruit and good grapes, they brought forth wild grapes and God condemned them. Israel understood that they were to be the vine of Jehovah. You might remember the story in Matthew chapter 21. Jesus is ministering on a temple mount. And he confronts the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he tells the parable of the vineyard. And Jesus says, a vine dresser leased a vineyard to a group of professional vine dressers. And they agreed to give him a percentage of the profits. And the servant, do you guys remember this story in Matthew 21? And the servants came to collect the money, and they beat one, and they killed the other. And the owner sent some more servants, and they did the same thing. And the owner thought, well, I'll send my son. Surely they will respect him. And they did the same thing to the son. They beat him and they killed him. And Jesus finished telling the story. He turns and he looks at the religious leaders and he said, what do you think the owner of the vineyard will do to these guys? And they said, well, he'll he'll definitely deal with them. And then the Bible says the religious leaders perceived that Jesus was talking about them. Why? Because Israel understood that they were the vine of God or the vine of Jehovah. Are y'all getting this? That Jesus now, when Jesus comes along and says, you no longer are the vine of Jehovah. You no longer are the blessing root. Now I am the vine. And if anybody now is in me, I will be the one that blesses them. Are y'all getting that? I'm the one true vine. And no longer is Israel the blessing root. Now a man is blessed by being identified with Christ. And now anybody who is blessed is blessed because of Jesus, not Israel. Somebody need to clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? (laughs) Blessed by Jesus and not Israel. Israel forfeited the place of blessing by unbelief and by not bringing forth good fruit. Jesus says, I am the vine. I'm the perfect one as distinct from the imperfect. I'm the real one as distinct from the type. I'm the vine of ancient Israel. The second vine the Bible talks about, you keeping up with me, is the vine of the earth. The vine of the earth. Revelation chapter 14, verse 19 and 20. So the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the, what saints? Vine of the earth. Is it on the screen? 
the angel busted his sickle and gathered what saints? The vine of the earth, and he threw it into the great wine press of the wrath of God. And the wine press was trampled outside the city, and blood came out of the wine press up to the horse's bridle. That's a lot of blood, y'all. For 1,600 furlongs, Revelation 14 is talking about the last days. And God is separating the wheat and the tares. And I personally believe that we are living on the precipice of the last days. Can I get a witness in here? I really do. That God is separating the wheat from the tare. God is separating those who are the real and the fake. God is separating those who are willing to stand up for him and those who are going to let the world silence them into a corner. Isn't it interesting? Have you noticed there's this pressure of not saying the name of Jesus? There's this pressure of not talking about God. There's this pressure of not talking about Christianity. You could talk about anything else. You could talk about Buddha, Muhammad, uh, uh, Hare Krishna, uh, Shintoism. You can talk about studying Naval Lent. Uh, you can talk about anything you want to talk about. The Zen. You can talk about any of that, but as soon as you name the name, where are my people at? Soon as you name the name of Jesus, am I right about it? All of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, hold on, hold on, man. We don't want to talk about that now. With religion and state, we don't talk about those things together. And God is separating the wheat from the tear. Where you at? Where you at? Are you willing to stand for Jesus? We're living on the precipice of Revelation chapter 14, where God is separating, really separating the wheat from the tares. So this angel, and you read it for yourself in, the, in Revelation 14, this angel of the Lord thrust the sickle in, and he actually thrust in the sickle twice. The first time he reaps wheat. The second time he reaps grapes, and they're called grapes of wrath. As a matter of fact, this verse was the inspiration for the battle hymn of Republic. Did you know that? My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He has trampled out the vineyard where the grapes of wrath are stored, right? He has loosed the faithful lightning with his, come on, y'all, with his terrible quicksword. His truth is marching on glory. All right, that's enough, that's enough. Then. But you get it. This, is the, this verse was the inspiration of that. Now, we can't develop it. We don't have time today, but listen, the vine of the wrath of God, if you're taking notes, you write this down. The vine of the wrath of God equals the last judgment. It means God's final wrath on earth. The angel is told to put the sharp sickle to the earth and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth. In other words, cut them off, sever them from earthly existence. Why? Because our grapes are ripe. That means fully ripe juicy, and that speaks of juicy to the point of wickedness. The juice of wickedness. That's heavy. You need to go back and read that. The vine of the ancient Israel, the vine of the earth, and here in our text, Jesus says, I am the genuine vine. I am the true vine. And you got to understand, saints, listen, what Jesus is saying here in John 15 is not PC. Did y'all get that? What Jesus is saying is controversial and is outrageous. He didn't say, I am like a vine. He didn't say, I am a vine as though there were other vines and he's one of them. 
Jesus says, I am the vine. Y'all come on, help me. I am the vine, the one, the only, the perfect, the genuine, the real vine. Now listen, this is the final I am statement of John's gospel of Jesus. Remember, I am ego. If you don't know this, write it down. This is Christianity 101 stuff here. Ego emi. E-G-O. Somebody knows it. E-G-O-I-M-I. I am. Ego emi. It is a declaration of deity. Every time Jesus said, somebody tells you Jesus never claimed to be God, you tell them, yes, he did. As a matter of fact, not only did he claim to be God, but over and over and over and over and over again, he claimed to be God. Every time he said, I am, I am the bread of life. Somebody say amen. I am the bread of life. John 6, 35. I am the light of the world. John 8, 12. I am the door. John 10. John 8. 58, before Abraham was, what saints? I am the good shepherd, John 10, 11. I am the resurrection and the life, John eleven twenty five. I am, don't y'all know this one? The way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6. I am the true vine, John 15, 1. Interesting. Jesus uses a vine or, let me say this. Interesting that Jesus chooses to use a vine to make an illustration of himself. Do y'all understand that Jesus, every word, listen, every word that came out of his mouth was specific. I need more than two people to say amen. Every word that came out of his mouth was specific and choice. He chose everywhere. Jesus didn't chatter on and go on and on and on and chatter to hear himself talk. Huh? Every word was specific. Every word was choice. I am the true vine. Why a vine? Because a vine is lowly. A vine speaks of humility, doesn't it? A vine is planted in the ground. Jesus came in the form of a man and planted himself on earth. Think about this. There's no more intimate union than that of a vine and a branch. The branch is totally, completely dependent on the vine. The branch can't bear fruit by itself without the connection to the vine. You don't see branches lying on the ground with beautiful, luscious fruit on it, do you? No, because a vine is necessary in a branch to be connected. A vine is a perfect illustration of relationship and connection and belonging. Jesus says, I am the vine. I am the source. I am the point of connection. And I really wish I could get Christians. Are the Christians listening? I'm talking to Christians. I wish I could get Christians to understand this one thing, that Jesus is your source. Jesus is your source. Jesus is your connection. Jesus is your vine. Some people think their vine is their bank account. Uh-huh. Some people think that their, their vine is their education. And so every time you talk to them, they talk to you about their education because that's their vine. Some people think their vine is their popularity, their fame, their skill. Some people think their vine is, is being attached to some religious system. 
Some people think their vine is being attached to some, 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 some famous preacher who's coming to town and everybody's got to go get under the roof of that favorite, famous preacher so he can speak a word and the anointing of God's word can come over, over them and they can speak it, name it, claim it, blab it and grab it because he's got anointing over their life and he's their vine. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Am I right about it? And so they get in the same room with that preacher and he's speaking the word and that word comes out of his mouth. Somehow that word is going to affect them. They got to get there because he's their vine. Listen, no preacher is your vine. Amen. No preacher is your vine. No pastor is your vine. Amen. No church is your vine. Jesus is your vine. Jesus is your connection. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.